right, well, let me welcome you once again to our Sunday morning time together, the Digital Cathedral. If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to grab it, and I want to read, I'm going to read a couple of verses from the Old Testament today, which is a little unusual for me, but, um, and I'm going to be skipping back and forth between the New King James and the Amplified. There's some verses in the Amplified that really highlight what I want to, what I want to bring out today. But let me start over in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And I'll read this out of the New King James, all right? Grab your Bible, make sure you got your coffee hot, and let's settle in for the next few minutes together. Can we do that? All right, Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. I like that. This is God speaking to us. I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to spring forth, and you're going to know it. Now, if you back up one chapter in verse 42, in verse 9, he says somewhat the same thing, but he, he kind of puts a little bit different twist. Instead of saying, I'm going to do a new thing, he says in Isaiah 42, 9, he said, Behold, the former things have come to pass. If the former things have come to pass, then it's time for a revealing of the new things. Are you following me? Behold, the former things have come to pass. They're behind us. They're in the rearview mirror, number one. Number two, and new things I declare. It's exactly what he said in Isaiah 43, 19. I'm going to do a new thing. So number one, he says, behold, the former things have come to pass. They're behind us. Uh, we can let them go. Number two, I'm going to do a new thing that I'm going to declare. And number three, before they spring forth. Now watch this. This is what I really wanted to hit. Before they spring forth, I will tell you. Before they spring forth, I will tell you. Boy, if you ever wanted a good three-point teaching for your Bible study, there it is. Behold, the former things have gone away. Forget the old things behind you. Number two, new things I'm declaring to you. And number three, they'll spring forth. And before they spring forth, I'm going to tell you. All right, now stick with me today. I want to hit some things this morning about where I think the Father is taking us at the Digital Cathedral over the next few months and probably over most of the year uh, that's in front of us on a deeper level. I want to talk to you this morning about some things that you are familiar with, you've heard, because over the last few years, I mean, let's face it, our eyes have been open to a tremendous amount of revelation. We've seen truth uh, new, new seeds have been planted within us in so many different areas. And now I think it's time, <clears throat> since we're familiar with some of those things, they're not foreign to us at least in hearing them, I think it's time that we took them down and built on the foundation that has been planted over the last, I don't know, <clears throat> for me it's been a number of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. For some of you it's relatively new. But I think what the Father's going to do over the next months and the next year or years is take some areas that we're familiar with and he's going to take it down to a deeper level. Now, when you look at verse 19, what you really see, and let me read that 19th verse again out of chapter 43, because really what you see working here is the grace of God. Notice he says, Behold, I'll do a new thing. It shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And I didn't read the rest of the verse. Now, here's where you see the grace of God at work. He said, I will make a road in the wilderness, and I'll make rivers in the desert. Let me read that again. I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And this all comes out of him doing a new thing that is springing forth, and you're going to know it. And we read in the, the 42nd chapter, the, the ninth verse, that before he does things, he tells us. So I want to talk to you 
this week and next week about a number of things that are by grace. The, the roads in the wilderness and the streams in the desert point to the impossibility of man to do those things, but God doing them. So how he does them, he's going to show us. How some of these impossibilities that we have begun to study and begin to learn about, how they come about, he's going to show us as we take the foundation that we have built and we take it down to a deeper level. All of God's dealings with us are by grace. All of God's dealings with us are by favor and by gifting and by grace. And just because of the fact, simple fact that he loves us so much. So your part in that verse 19, your part in him doing this new thing that will spring forth, him building roads in the wilderness, streams in the desert, your part is the very first word of that 19th verse. He says, behold. Do you know what behold means? It means watch, look. Uh, stand back in awe. Uh, check it out. He's, he just says, don't mess with me. Stay out of the way. Behold, watch it. I'll let you watch. But you don't have to feel like you have to take obligation or responsibility for these new things that are going to spring forth. He said they're going to be powerful enough like, like streams in the desert, roads in the wilderness. And it all points to uh, the impossibility with man, but possibility with God. Now for verse 19 of that 43rd chapter to take place, I think verse 18 is how we cooperate. All right? He says, behold, verse 19. But in verse 18, he says, do not remember the former things. Do you know what former things do, the remembering of former things? They place limitations. When we look at, at our past and we see how things were always done, you know, maybe on a consistent basis for a long time, it builds a habit or a pattern and he said, he's saying to us, if you want to see the new things, if you want to behold, if you want to watch, you want to see the new thing that I'm going to do, it's going to be all me. I'm going to do things like put streams in the desert. Now, that's, I think that's symbolic and that's metaphorical, and I'm not going to get into all that. <clears throat> but the point is, he's going to do something that's impossible for us, but possible with him. So he says, if you want to see that, if you want to watch it, <clears throat> then you need to not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. That word consider is an interesting word. It means don't meditate on them. Don't ponder them. Don't roll them over and over and over in your mind because as you do, it entrenches them more deeply into your, into your subconscious and it makes you harder to break free from them. So let me read verse 18 and 19 in context. Can I do that? He said, don't remember the former things nor consider, meditate, ponder the things of old. Behold, watch, pay attention. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, and you're going to know it. Paul said it like this, Keithley translation. Here's what Paul said, Keithley translation. He said, uh, I'm releasing all of the former things. I'm letting all of the former things go so I can press forward to the current thing that God is doing in my life. I let go of the past, Paul said, paraphrase. He said, and the reason that I'm letting go of the past is so that I can reach forward to what the Father has prepared for me today. All right, now I want you to pay attention. So pay attention, stick with me this week and next week because I wanna to talk to you about 12 things. You heard it right, 12 things that you're gonna be hearing a lot about, I think. I think I got the heart of the Father, the mind of the Father on this. 12 things, and let me reiterate. When I, when I list these for you, they're not gonna be new because uh, the Spirit of Truth has been planting a lot of seeds and bringing a lot of revelation over the, over the past 
for some of us several years. So they're not, you're going to say, well, I've heard that. Well, what you've heard has been on a surface level. It's only been so deep. As we're in this series on unlimited, what he wants to do is to take what you've heard on a foundational level and move it down. We want to build on the foundation of some things that I think are extremely important. And I hear the Father saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take what you think you know and we're going to run it to a new level. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a stream in your desert. You've, you've got a, you have a lay of the land. You've seen how it looks, but now I'm going to begin to add to it. I'm going to be do some things um, that's going to astound you. So I want to talk to you about 12 things that I think he's going to take down uh, several levels, and you're going to hear a lot about these things, not only here at the Digital Cathedral, but from a lot of different directions. Um, you know, at the Digital Cathedral, we're just, we're part of a bigger thing. We, we, we're not the whole enchilada. We're part of a bigger thing. Uh, you know, all of these 12, I could probably do a whole teaching on it, and I may, may well throughout the year, or even a series on any of these 12. That's how big they are. That's how enormous they are. So when you say, um, I've heard some of this, I understand that. I've heard some of it too. But from what I'm seeing, there's a whole lot more to what we've heard than what we've understood or had revealed to us up to this point. So I just, I just want to highlight some things for you. I want to prepare you so that you can, as T.D. Jake says, so that you can get ready, get ready, get ready. Because it's coming down to another level. It's coming up to a new height. We're moving to a new dimension in these 12 that I'm going to talk to you about. So I want you to be on your toes. Now, for, forgive me, but the way that I teach, I teach very systematically, I teach methodically, and I teach very practically. For me, practicality is a big part of teaching. If you can't make it practical, if you can't bring it into everyday life, <clears throat> then I don't care how you couch it. You can, you, you know, you can dazzle people with your footwork or baffle them with your baloney, but if it doesn't work in everyday life, then all you've got is knowledge. I don't want you to have knowledge. I want you to be able to live out and walk out what we talk about at the Digital Cathedral. There are other places on the internet that people will take you into all kinds of levels of mysticism and give you metaphorical meanings that I, I struggle with, honestly, sometimes. Uh, and that's all fine and dandy, but at the end of the day, when you click it off, all you've got is knowledge. You're, it, there's nothing there that you can practically work out. So I, I, I want to teach systematically, methodically, and practically like I have for 50 years. And you've probably noticed that. You've probably noticed it. So Here by Grace is a preview of coming attractions over the next months that I think is coming from the heart of the Father. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Do you have ears to hear it? Now here's a big question. Will you let the Spirit, will you let the Spirit of Truth adjust you as we go along? I've tried to teach you. <clears throat> I've tried to teach you not to hold your theology too tight. Don't put things in cement. Don't make, don't make things so concrete that you can't shift. Everything we will ever be led into will have one common denominator. It will always be Christocentric. I'm a Jesus guy. I'm a Christ-centered guy. <clears throat> now, what that Christ-centeredness looks like can shift a little bit, but he's always going to be the center of everything you do. I'm, not, I'm never going to get out there, like I say, where the buffalo roam and the deer and the antelope play. I'm never going to get out outlandish out there, but I think we have learned so much 
And what our assignment is, is to keep unwinding what it is we know. And it should bring peace and it should bring understanding to us. It's the Holy Spirit's job to always point us to Jesus, to Christ. So anything that you learn at the Digital Cathedral and anything that you're going to learn over the next months outside of the Digital Cathedral that I think is the heart and the mind of the Father is going to be Christ-centered. Now I'm going to give you five things today, but let me just narrow this down for you. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. <clears throat> Excuse me if I'm shifting Bibles around. I don't have a big pulpit like I used to have where I can spread my, my stuff all out. So I'm going, to shift, I'm going to shift back and forth between New King James and the Amplified. But I, I want you to see this out of the Amplified because this is important. Anytime you're delving into some new areas or deeper areas, you need to understand what the job of the Spirit of Truth is. It says in John chapter 16, verse 12, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Jesus said, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. We will never exhaust the depths of the teaching of Jesus. People that feel that they need to spring off into other people beyond or that they think have more insight or revelation than Jesus, God bless them. I think Jesus has got, matter of fact, scripture says that he has, that if we recorded everything that Jesus said, there wouldn't be enough books to contain it. So I don't think we can ever exhaust the Christ-centered life and what he has come to show us, reveal us, and to give us by grace. So he, Jesus told me, he said, I got a lot of stuff to tell you guys. But he said, you guys can't handle it yet. Then he says in verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all, A-L-L -L, truth. There is one guide into all truth. I don't care what you call him. It's the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the father the message regarding the Son, and He will disclose to you what is to come in the future. And I'm going to draw back on that in just a minute. He will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Now watch. He will not glorify and honor me because He the Holy He will glorify and honor me. He will glorify. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. If what you're hearing is from the Spirit of Truth, it points to Jesus. And I'm sorry for those that have left Jesus. Some of my grace friends, man, they have, they have left. They've gone off into areas. The spirit of truth will always point to Jesus because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. Verse, six, verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine. So everything that the Father has has been deposited into Jesus. Because of this, because of everything that I have that the Father has, he's given to me, I said, he, the Spirit, will take from what is mine, which is actually the Father's that has been deposited into Jesus. He will take what is mine and will reveal it to you. So there's no end. The only end that the Spirit of truth has to reveal to us is the limitation that the Father would ever have. And he is an exhaustible source. And he said, uh, Jesus said that the Father has deposited all of that into the life of Jesus. So I want to sh share with you 12 things that I think are going to be revealed to us in a greater depth, in a greater height, a bigger dimension than ever before. Now, these are not in, in order of priority or importance. They're just, as I, as I meditated and said, Father, what, what is it you're, what are you really trying to show us? I, I felt like he began to, it began to rise up within me that, yes, you have learned a lot, 
but I want to take what you've learned and I want to I want to expand it. I want it to become more concrete. I want it to become a bigger part of your life. So let me get as far as I can with these 12. I'm going to try to get five today, seven next week. All right, number one is this. Here's the first thing that I think we're going to find expanding uh, within our consciousness and within our, our, our life with him over the next months and time that is uh, in front of us. All right, number one, I think it's, you're going to hear the Father. You're going to hear the Father through the Son in the Spirit for yourself with more clarity than you've ever heard before. Let me run that by you again. You're going to hear the Father through the Son in the Spirit for yourself. And it's going to come with increased clarity. If I've learned anything this last year, if I've learned anything in 2020, it's that we need to hear and discern for ourselves. We need to hear the Father for ourselves, And we don't need to get hung up on what somebody else is telling us the word of the Lord is. We don't need to get hung up on that. The day of chasing someone all over the country or going to special meetings where the word of the Lord is going to be prophetically given, I think those days are over. The day of chasing around to try to find out what God is saying to you, those days are done. He wants to speak to you plainly and clearly. We, we've been so groomed to trust what other people tell us is the word of the Lord, and then we get disappointed time and, and time again when others claim, thus saith the Lord. And then as time un unfolds, we found out that was not what thus saith the Lord. And that's the cycle. And I'm speaking, I think, particularly to my charismatic people here at the Digital Cathedral. There has been what has been called this prophetic move, this great prophetic outpouring. And I'm telling you, I have sat with people countless hours. They have had notebooks full of prophetic words that were given over them, that they were going to do this and they were going to be that, and this was going to take place. And none of it has happened. Now they're disappointed. They're disillusioned. And they don't know what to believe. I'm telling you today, let's clear the deck of that. Let's clear the deck of that. You are, you're a son. You can hear for yourself. And we need, to, we need to break that cycle. Now, am I saying that prophets don't exist? No, prophets do exist. But I'm looking for the prophet that can say, it's not going to rain for three and a half years like Elijah did, and it doesn't rain. I'm looking for somebody that when they say something, it happens. It's the way that they say. And you need to have a track record of that if you're going to come to me and tell me something about my life. Because I'll tell you something. I hear for myself. I am past that point of somebody else telling me if he can tell, if the Father can tell you, he, he can tell me. So one of the reasons I'm going through these 12 is to help us to get matured, which is where, where we should be walking right now, to get matured where you're not dependent on other people. In fact, that should come to an end. I want to read two scriptures for you. I want to read out of the Amplified, John chapter 10. If you're still there in John, turn back to John chapter 10, and let me read verse 27 and verse 28. Here's what Jesus said out of the Amplified. <clears throat> he said, the sheep that are mine hear my voice and they listen to me. I know them and they follow me. So the very first thing is, he said, the sheep that are mine hear my voice. Now there is not one sheep that's not Jesus. In fact, Jesus illustrated that when he said he would leave the 99 to go get the one to make sure the flock was complete. Every person that's listening to me today, you are a sheep of Jesus. 
Now that's Old Testament um, illustration. If I brought that in post-resurrection, I would say you're a son. You're manifesting as a son. But just to keep in the words of Jesus, which is pre-cross, pre he said, my sheep hear my voice. And I don't know how many people say, I don't hear his voice. He said his sheep hear his voice. You say, but I don't, I don't hear his voice. Maybe you're not listening to what the voice is all about or how to listen to it. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now watch in verse 28. And I give them eternal life. I could, I could sit on that one for a week. And I give them. They don't ask for it. They don't earn it. They don't pray for it. Uh, they don't believe for it. I give them eternal life. I give it to them. I, I direct deposit. It's theirs. I Now, how they live in it, in what dimension they want to go to, that's why we come to the digital cathedral, because the abundant life is a discovery life. The abundant life that Jesus came to give us is a life that unfolds like an onion, layer after layer after layer, and it should get gooder and gooder and gooder. He said, I give them eternal life, verse 28, and they will never ever by any means perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So Jesus is telling us specifically that if you're his sheep, you're his son, you're a brother, join heir, that you hear his voice crystal clear for yourself. Now, why aren't, why aren't some of us hearing crystal clear? It's because, it's because we've got all this religious garbage, we've got all this stuff that's been built up over our lifetime that we're having to discard. So you're starting to hear a little bit, you're starting to get a little bit of trust, but you're still running places to have somebody else tell you what the word of the Lord is. Paul was very adamant about it. Look what he said in, in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. In verse, let, let, me, let me pick it up with verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Jesus said in his, in his gifts to the church, speaking about Jesus, his gifts, Jesus' gifts, these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are gifts that Jesus gives to the church were varied. And he himself, he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers and, rep and, and representatives. Some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people. Some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation and some pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. Now watch, stay with me. So he gave five, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, specific assignments, specific time links. He says in verse 12, and he did, did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service, and to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. Number four, thir Verse 13, now here's how long that they should be in existence until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So there is an end time to these five uh, ministries. There is a time when the body of Christ, and I'm gonna say this again, but it's not the body of Jesus, it's the body of Christ. It's a mystical body that he has formed together. And so, uh, he tells us that this lasts in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 until we reach oneness in the faith. This is a, this is a tremendous thing about the digital cathedral and, and being online together. 
he is bringing us into a oneness of faith and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but from all over the world, right? In the knowledge of the Son of God, until we grow spiritually to become a mature believer. Are you becoming a mature believer? The more mature you become, the less need you have for an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. The less need that you have. Now look, I've been this a long time and I still listen to teachers. So I'm not saying that you ever outgrow your need for, for milk. Remember that old commercial, right? You always, need, you always need a good shot now and then. And I pick up stuff from a lot of different people. I have my favorites. I'm not gonna tell you who they are, but I have my favorites that I listen to and I glean a lot from them. Some you've never heard of. Some you've never, ever heard of because they're nobodies. They're nobodies. They're out in the desert, but they got the message and God's got them there till an appointed time. But he says, until we become mature believers and the more mature you become, the less that you need to listen to those until you reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the Amplified says, till we come to a place of completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So there is a time that we are able to set those aside. Now, I think now is the time he's bringing you into this place where you can begin to trust what you perceive. How do you hear God's voice more clearly? You begin to trust what you perceive, what you sense, what you're prompted to. That's him. I have never heard God speak in an audible voice. Have I heard God speak? Absolutely. I know that I know that I know it was him. How has it come? It has come sometimes by what I used to would have called intuition, a knowingness inside, a perception, a, a sense, a feeling a drawing, a leading to. Those are all things that we need in this season that's here. We need to develop. We need to trust. And you say, well, what if I make a mistake? What if I make a wrong turn? That's fine. Don't worry about it. That's where the job of the Spirit of Truth is. He, he will redirect you back on track. The Father knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly how to, how, to, how, to, how to twist your knobs and make adjustments so that you hear him correctly. And if you do make a mistake, he will just tell you like your GPS, go down 200 feet, make a U-turn and come back. But this is a season for us to hear the Father through the Son in the Spirit with more clarity than ever before. So don't be surprised as that begins to break forth in your life, okay? All right, number two. I'm not even gonna get through these five today. Dear Lord, I've got, I've got mapped out <clears throat> for the month of um, January, pretty much February, what I felt the Lord was leading us into in my time track, but I guess my time track's not necessarily his time track, so forgive me if it's gonna take me a little extra time to unload these 12. I should know better than to try to do 12-point message in two weeks. <clears throat> All right, second thing that I think we're gonna see happening, you're gonna hear a lot about, in the next weeks and next months is this. It's a greater detachment from the systems of the world. This world is gonna become less and less uh, influential to us. It's gonna mean less and less to us. Back in Isaiah chapter 60, back in Isaiah chapter 60, and again, let me, let me read this out of the Amplified, 
Come with me to Isaiah chapter 60. You're going to find that the systems of this world, the governments of this world, the politics of this world, and man, haven't we? I have been snared some in the politics of the last year because it's important the country I live in. And those of you that are watching from other countries, you're probably interested too because it's your country and you want your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren to grow up in a, in a good country. So you're interested in it. But there comes a point of detachment where it does not emotionally... Uh, uh, control you to where it dominates you day and night. And I've seen some good folks get so wound up in this that that's all they're about. And I think you're making a mistake. You're forgetting which kingdom you're in. Now, I want you what it says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, for in fact, darkness will cover the earth. So you can't, you're not going to stop this. You're not going to stop the darkness that covers the earth. And it says, and deep darkness will cover the peoples. Okay, deep darkness will cover the peoples. Now, this is a good sign for us. This is when the kingdom can grow the most. We're coming into a time when there's going to be an unprecedented, explosive um, growth of the kingdom. And you're part of it. You're, you're absolutely part of it. He's been grooming us. He's been getting us ready for this. He says the rest of the verse. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord will arise upon you. Now let me read verse 2. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness shall cover the earth, but the Lord will rise on you. That's what he's doing. That's what these 12 are about. These 12 are about um, recognizing that the glory and the presence of the Father is rising on us. Like so We didn't ask for it. We didn't ask for this. This is the generation that we find ourselves in. This is the period of time that we're living in, that darkness is covering the earth, gross darkness the people, but, 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 he says in that, in that uh, second verse, whenever the Bible says but, you want to pay attention. But the Lord will rise on you, and his glory and his brilliance will be seen on you. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The darker it gets in the world, the more gross darkness covers the people, the brighter your light shines. If you're, if you're shining with a 20-watt bulb and it's in the middle of the daytime and the sun is shining bright, you don't notice that 20-light bulb. But if you come out in the middle of the night and you've got a 20-watt bulb, it looks pretty bright. You know, on, on our porch, you probably do too. I've got these little, I don't know what they call them, little lamps that are on each side of my door. And the bulbs in there are not, are not very powerful. They're not very bright. <clears throat> and I have them um, so that they come on at dusk and they go off at dawn. They're automatic timer on there that's sensitive to, the, to daylight. And when they first come on at dusk, they're not real visible. I mean, you can see them and I can see they're on. But before I go to bed, if I walk out there, I get up in the middle of the night and I look out on my porch at 2 in the morning, I'm telling you what, they throw off a lot of light. Because in contrast to the darkness, that 20 watts or 10 watts, I don't even know what size they are, look extremely bright. And that's what's happening here. There is a darkness covering the earth. There's no question about it. it, it it's, it's probably more bleak from a natural standpoint. What I see happening is probably more bleak in a natural view than I've seen. But if I look at it from another perspective, I see the most potential. I see the greatest time for growth, for goodness to rise. 
And it's going to come through those of you that have been prepared, those of you that are hanging with me here at the Digital Cathedral and other places, and we're not the only show in town, I realize that. But you're, the brightness of the Lord, and that's what he says in that second verse. But the Lord will arise on you, and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. You won't even have to try to make it happen. You won't even have to try to, it just will be there because of who you be. We have, we have learned not to strive to be something, to be to arise to a place, but to just be us. Just be you. And what naturally comes from you is going to be the presence of, of the Lord. Now, if, if, if he's going to keep taking things off of you. Jesus taught us to be aware of the world. He taught us to be aware of our surroundings. He taught us to be aware of what's going on. But he taught us not to get sucked into it emotionally. So some of you that are listening to me this morning, you need to take a step back because you have been sucked in emotionally. Your, your, your time is so concentrated in what's going on in the world that you're neglecting your spiritual buildup. And the way that we're going to be able to, to kryptonite all of this darkness is through the light that we naturally carry. And if you don't let go of stuff, he's... He's, he's naturally detaching you from systems of the world. And if we don't detach, it acts like a spiritual brake. You know, when you put your brakes on the car, if you're going 60, it drags and it slows you down. The systems of the world are a brake. They slow us down. They become a drag that does not enable us to release all that we can release. He's deposited a lot in you to release, and we need to release it. Are, are, are you tracking with him? We need to release everything we can release. Jesus said, be aware. Jesus prayed this, John 17, 15. You remember, remember that prayer that Jesus prayed? He said, Father, I pray not that you take them out of the world. So just by praying that, Jesus isn't praying for a rapture. I hope you've ditched the rapture. I hope you've ruptured the rapture. He's not praying for you to be taken out of here. He said, I pray not that you take them out. I pray that you keep them from the evil. The way that you keep from the evil is to build yourself in the kingdom, in, in the things that he's doing today. He's as he, as he detaches you, as you become emotionally separated from the systems, you understand them, you don't like them, you're, you're opposed to it, but you're not sucked into it. Do you, do you see the difference? There's a line of demarcation that we cannot step over. We have to remember always that we are kingdom people. When they came one chapter later in John chapter 18, they came to get Jesus and uh, they accused him. Well, let me read it. John chapter 18. I was just going to quote it, but let me, let me read it for you out of, the, out of the Amplified. John chapter 18, because this is good. This exemplifies exactly the way that Jesus lived. Right? And I think it's a great pattern for us. John chapter 18 and verse 36. John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus replied and said, my kingdom is not of this world. That means our kingdom is not of this world, nor does it have its origin in this world. It didn't come out of this world. It, didn't have, it doesn't have roots in this world. It doesn't have any association with this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my boys would have been fighting hard to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. Okay? So here, Jesus is just saying very simply, he's saying to Pilate, and my, Jesus' life is online. He's saying, Pilate, 
My kingdom is, don't sweat it, Pilate, because my kingdom's not from here. It doesn't have an origin here. He said, if it were this world, my boys would have been fighting you tooth and nail. They, they would have had the swords out. They would have been militarily defending the kingdom if this was my kingdom. But he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Then Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said, seek first the kingdom. He didn't say seek first the kingdom that is in this world to try to perfect it. He knew that this world, he knew the systems of this world were not going to stand. He knew they were not going to survive. He knew there was one kingdom that was going to exist, and it was the kingdom of God. So he said, seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness. And all the stuff you're trying to get added in, all the stuff you're trying to get will be added to you. So here's what I want to drop on you. Here's, what, here's what's unfolding. Here's what's taking place. The further we move into the kingdom of God, the further we are entrenched in that, the less we depend on the governments and the man-made systems to be our source. What upsets a lot of us, <clears throat> even as believers, I think, and has got us so entrenched into politics and what's going on in the world, is because we see that as our source yet. We feel that somehow we're going to be affected drastically in our life if this doesn't work out. And so we're part of the, pro we want to be part of the process to control it, to make sure it doesn't work out. Let me give you a newsflash, brother. It ain't going to work out. If your party is elected, it's still not going to work out. I don't care what takes place. You can expect the Father in the months and the days and the years that are ahead to continually cut things off of you emotional ties. He's going to cut off of you as you seek the kingdom and seek things above and you move into them. Here's what will happen. Your priorities are going to change. Your interest is going to change. You're going to, you're going to withdraw back. You're going to pull back from what's going on in the world. And the things will be added to you that need to be added to you regardless of what's going on in the world. That is a supernatural promise and a supernatural provision that we want to get ready for. We want to be prepared for. We want to, we want to have walked in and matured to that place. And it, 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 look, he can send things to you from places that you least expect it, never heard of before. This is one reason why it's so important that we are, and I'm going to get to that, I hope today, that we're attached to people from around the world so that we're sensitive to what other people's needs are around the world as the body of Christ connects. You're attached to the right source and you're being detached from systems that will limit you, drag you, and put a break on your spiritual development. Jesus said this kind of stuff with... with uh, Man, it's impossible, but with God, it's possible. He says, in fact, in, in uh, what is it, Luke 137, that with God, all things are possible. I will assure you that all things are not possible in the kingdom of this world, in the systems of this world. In, 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 in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said it like this. I, I, I love the way Paul does. You know, so much of Paul, you can just pull right up into this current world. Yeah, he lived, he lived back in the first century, but I'll tell you what, uh, what they were going through in the first century is a lot, the same of what's happening today. So in this fourth chapter of Philippians and verse 13, he says this, Paul says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. 
I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Did you catch that? I lost my place, but I want to read it again because here's, here's what he's developing. Here's what's, here's what's coming. So, yeah, you, you've heard before about being detached from the world. You've heard about the prayer of Jesus, don't take them out, keep them from the, you've heard all those things. But now it's down, brother, to where the darkness of the world, the gross darkness on people, the light that's starting to shine on you is developing to where Paul can say, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. Do you know what his purpose is for your life? <clears throat> once you discover his purpose, <clears throat> once you discover his purpose and you no longer fear death, you're a force to be reckoned with. You cannot be intimidated anymore. Once you know his purpose and you no longer fear death, nobody can intimidate you or scare you anymore. You're fearless. He empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I'm, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Tell me that isn't strong. That is, that is like that old saying, that's stronger than Nellie's breath, brother. That's, that's stronger than a, a, an acre of freshly mown garlic. That is heavy stuff. And he's preparing us for it. All right, I think I got time for one more. Time for one more, because this is an important one. So I might only get three. This is going to take me a while. But you know me, systematic, methodical, and I'm trying to, and this is practical. This is practical stuff. If you can't get practical teaching that makes you live uh, a more functional life today, then really I don't have a purpose. I, I, I don't want to just sit here and dig stuff out of here that's gonna you're gonna go oh wow never heard that before that's that's amazing I, I want you to know where we're going I want you to know where Christ is taking us because my I tell you it burns in my heart to bring people to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and I can't take you there any faster than I'm getting there myself so I, I study practically I study methodically I study systematically because I feel that's how the Father's working in us, one, one layer, from glory to glory, from one place to the next place, all right? Number three, here's the third thing you're gonna notice. Let me get this out in the next few minutes. Then we'll quit after three today. You're gonna find more connection with like-minded, spirited sons and daughters. More connections with like-minded, spirit sons and daughters. I see a spirit network that is developing all over the world. When I, when I first uh, started teaching this back 2003, 2004, man, there was no connection. Uh, Steve McVeigh was probably the first person that I connected with that was teaching what I was teaching. I never heard of Steve McVeigh, but I met him on Facebook and he, he started messaging me and he knew I pastored a church. And the stuff that I was posting was very radical, hyper grace. And he knew that I was getting a lot of pushback, or he felt I was, because he knew the pushback he was getting, and he wasn't pastoring a church. And he used to ask me, he would say, man, you must be independently wealthy to be teaching a church that stuff, because they're going to leave. I, at that point, I didn't think there were, nobody was going anywhere. I thought they would be as excited for it as I was. So when they all left, for the most part, uh, I didn't have much connection, but I began to get connection with people. And as time went on, I'm finding, man, I'm connected with you. And look where you're at. 
Wednesday night, I'm amazed when people check in from Ohio, Indiana, Massachusetts, New York, California, India, Australia, uh, Great Britain, from all over the world, people are connecting. If you'd have thought I could have, if I'd have thought that I could have ever sat in my, my, my study here and teach people and impart life to people all over the world, I wouldn't have believed it. And some of you are connecting to people all over the world. Uh, and to do that, uh, to do that, he had to bring a lot of us out of churches because the connection was just not there in the church. That, that building called the church. You know, people are the church. I understand that. Don't message me. I get it. But we, we were very entrenched in calling the building the church. I still do that. You know, if I go over to God's house and I'm ministering a conference, I'm going to go over. Last week, I went over to see my friend Jared Allen minister a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I told my wife, said, I'm going to church. You know, I'm driving over there and I go, I'm, this is so entrenched, I still call it the church. I should, I should have said, I'm going over to the building where the ecclesia, where the church meets. But we're, we're just grounded that way. But to get to where God wanted us and to where he's taking us, and it's still difficult for some of you because you got your old friends back there. And I understand that. You still got your friends there. You got ties there. You're used to going to lunch and you're used to fellowshipping uh, on, on a level with people, but now that's all been broken. That's been, been shattered. But to get us to where we're at today, to where what he's preparing us for, from what I'm teaching you in these 12, he had to bring a lot of us out of the building because it just wouldn't work. But we're part of something that's bigger than the building. We're part of something that's bigger than however many people met at your building. In Isaiah chapter nine, in, in, in verse seven, and I'll read this one out of the, out of the, uh, out of the New King James. But in Isaiah chapter nine, and verse seven, he, Isaiah gives. And, you know, I've never been an Old Testament guy, but lately I've been seeing some things in the Old Testament that that really relate to what's going on today. Or at least you can bring them over to today. They have meaning. He says this, he says, of the government or of the increase of his government, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Man, I don't know how that strikes you, but that puts vision in me. That puts a lot of big time vision in me. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, establish it even forever. What's going on today? A process of establishing the ever-increasing kingdom. That's what's going on today. His kingdom's not a visible kingdom. It's not a visible flesh-built organization. It's, it's, a, it's a living organism. This, this body that you and I belong to, it's a, it's a living organism uh, that attaches itself one to another from within where the kingdom resides. And it's amazing because it's not dependent on buildings. This is like nothing I've ever seen. I've been part of a lot of little moves or things that have happened in the body of Christ, but this is different than anything I've ever seen. There's no buildings. There's no organizations. There's no headquarters. There's no superstars. <clears throat> there's no fog machines. There's none of those trappings, none of those things that we used to have to have to make what we thought church function. His kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom that comes through sons and daughters that are maturing, that are beginning to recognize, man, I have, a, I have a purpose, I have a call, I have an appointment, and it is to be the light of the world. 
It is to be what we read earlier in Isaiah, to be that bright light that begins to shine on me. I, I don't look too shiny to me, but when you put, place me in a place of darkness, all of a sudden I'm shining bright. Your, your, your light comes through. We, we begin to recognize one another by the Spirit. It's We're not gathering around the, theology. We're not gathering around religious beliefs. That was one fallacy of the building. You got all the Baptists over here. <clears throat> you got all the Charismatics over here. You got the Catholics over here. You got the Lutherans, the Presbyterians. I was driving through the country out by my house the other day, <clears throat> and I happened upon two churches. One side of the street is the is the uh, Free Will Baptist Church. Now, you know what they are. They are legalistic, men, you know, the hair is shorter than mine, women don't wear pants to church. Across the street, you got the Community Grace Church. I don't know how gracey it is. I don't think it's all that much grace or I would have heard about it. But I'm going right there as an example. Across the street, they're both making big building payments. They're both striving to get their share of the market from that little community. And I thought, how, how ridiculous. We're through the digital cathedral and other resources, we're recognizing one another by the spirit. It sounds strange, but there, there are gonna be times, and you already do, you might feel more connection by the spirit with those you've never met in person, but you, you know from the digital cathedral. See, when I go over on Sunday morning and I look and you're saying, hi, so-and-so, hi, so-and-so, checking in from wherever you're checking in, you know what, that's, that's building a spirit connection. And some of us are more connected in the spirit, even though we've never met each other in the flesh, than we ever were to people back at the, at the building. The people at the building, they gather around two things, theology and like beliefs. And when your theology shifts, when your beliefs are not the same, you've probably found you don't feel like you belong anymore. In fact, some of you have been asked to believe because you voiced a variance of religion or, or theology or beliefs other than what was standardized and stamped as infallible within that church. All right, here's what I want you to expect. Here's what the Father's going to do. He's going to begin to connect you with a lot more people. There are people in your area that are still in the closet. I hear from a lot of them. They're still in the closet. They believe, they track, they watch the digital cathedral, they watch on Wednesday night. They may watch later so that their name doesn't appear uh, as being seen. I've got pastors that do that, man. They, they, I had a pastor on going and said, you know, I have to listen to you and I read your Hell's Illusion book. I had to do it in the closet. He pastors, I'm not gonna tell you the denomination, but it's a Pentecostal church. He's, he said, my wife would never believe what I'm, what I'm seeing, what I'm starting to believe. So he said, I, I'm actually listening to you in the closet so that nobody will hear or know. I go, man, that's a shame. But that's, see, God's bringing people, he's connecting. So I'm connected to that man now. He messaged me, asked questions, we fellowship, we're related, there's a connection. Even though he's not, I'm not connected to his church, I probably never speak at his church, never meet his church. But there's a man right there that I'm helping to get free of all this stuff. And he's going to do that with your life. He's going to connect you with people all over the planet. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. It's what's happening right now. It's part of what's going on. And it's a good thing. It's a, it's a great venture. It's a powerful venture right now. Let him take you deeper with it. All right, so we've only covered three this morning. I didn't get to where I wanted to go. But let me, let me just hit these once again. Let me just hit them once again for you. 
You're going to begin to hear the Father for yourself. You don't have to trust a prophet. don't have to trust another man to tell you, another woman to tell you what the word of the Lord is. You're going to start to hear. The perceptions, uh, uh, the intuitions, the consciousness is going to develop to where you trust it. And that's all that's been lacking right now. If you feel like I've not been hearing God clearly, it's a trust issue. You have to lean back into it and trust that what you're hearing is him. And again, don't if, if, if you miss it, don't, be, don't let that upset you. He will direct you right back on path. All right, second of all, he's detaching you from systems of the world. The deeper you go in the kingdom, the less you are part of this world. And you're, you're going to find one layer after another. I'm discovering stuff, man, that's still attached to me that I had no clue about. But now I see that's still pulling on me. That's still wearing on me, and I need to get rid of it. And third of all, he's going to connect you with people of like spirit of like revelation all over the world. What a powerful trip we're on, man. I am so privileged to be on it with you people. I love what we're doing. I love who's who's getting attached to it. And uh, you know, over on Don Keithley Ministry page, we have a place where we share together. If you're not on that page, it's a private page. I made it private so that you could share and, and ask questions without being trolled. Once in a while, somebody brings somebody in over there. You have to come by invitation. You know, they're hard-nosed. They want to prove everybody wrong. I just put them out of the group because that's not what that place is for. It's so that we can share and grow together. Remember, the goal is this, coming to the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ. That's a mature son. That's a manifested son. That's what the world is looking for. And the light is shining brighter on you. Look, you have a wonderful week. We'll talk about this a little bit more on Wednesday night. So make sure that you're with me. And I'll pick it up next week with number four, and we'll work our way through all 12. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your monthly support. This is January. It's a good month to get some skin in the game and just say, look, I'm with you. Uh, I can't do a lot maybe, but here's what I'm able to do. Just something that says I'm part of, man. I want to be part of. And that's kind of the way we we express it. And I, I take some of what you give me and I put it in other places and ministries and people that are, are just starting and some guy struggling coming out of church, lost their salary. You know what, they need help, they need support. So guys like me that have been in it, have a little bit more contact, a little bit more uh, visibility maybe, we help them and we work with it. So thank you for all you do. Helps us get this life-changing message around the world. And that's the call of God right now. See you next time, Sunday morning, Digital Cathedral. You have a wonderful week.